This week's podcast tip comes from Kevin Dupsick. And maybe you guys are savvier than I am and already know how to do this, but I didn't, and it has already proved so useful. It's how to queue up a YouTube video so that when you send it in an email or a text message, it starts playing at a particular spot. I've seen people doing this with YouTube videos for years, it feels like, usually with movie scenes that are set to just the right funny spot for the thing they're talking about. I finally figured out how to do it, and now I feel like a real 21st century human being. Basically, you go to your video on YouTube, and you go down to Share, and click the little box next to Start At. Then you type in a time. It'll automatically select the part of the video you're watching when you click Share, but you can change it if you want. Then you just copy the link. It's kind of remarkably simple. Now that you know how to do that, let's move on to the rest of the podcast. This week we're doing a perfect episode for Labor Day weekend, whether you're traveling, staying home, or catching up on some odd jobs around the house. First, correspondents Lara Sorokonich and Katie McDonald find out who you're supposed to tip at a hotel and how much. And then we talk to home editor Roy Berenson about painting cabinets correctly. Tech editor Alex George and Peter Martin get crazy with a drill in an old MacBook, and the testing table has a push-up contest. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler, and this is the most useful podcast ever. I actually just got back from a hotel. I was staying upstate. Um, Popular Mechanics is making a beer. This Maybe this is a secret, but Popular Mechanics is making a beer with uh, Smutty Nose. Mm. And I was staying up near uh, Smutty Nose's um, brewery in New Hampshire. And anytime I stay in a hotel, like I know, you know, you go to restaurants a lot. People go to restaurants a lot when you're a kid, when you're young. And you know how much you're supposed to tip somebody at a restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, it's r- roughly like 20%. Some people say 18, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, like it's 20 is pretty standard. 20 is pretty standard, especially in New York City. Yeah. Um, and I feel like the, the question I always have is when you go to, um, you go to a hotel. Suddenly, there's valets and there are uh, bellhops, and there do they do they call these people bellhops anymore? Um, yeah, or porters. Porters. There's yeah. a good yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? That sounds like it's from the 1930s. But also, like, <laughs> I think I'm saying this wrong. Do you like? Do you use it? Like, do you feel like? I don't normally. I feel like what will happen is I'll come up and they'll only have valet parking, and then you'll get your your car valeted, and then someone's like, "Can I help you with this bag?" And then you're like, "No, I get rolls. You know, I'm fine." And it's me. Like, right, you know, I right. just have one. But sometimes you stay in a place where there's like weird stairs, or like you can't roll it. And That's I'm pretty true. small, and if I've got a big suitcase, sometimes they like. You know, they'll like shame you. They're, they're kind of like, come on, like don't carry that. I <laughs> will carry. I'll carry it for you. Come on, that's <laughs> ridiculous. So, uh, and then then I'm like, okay. So, uh, I never know how much you're supposed to tip somebody. The big thing for me is valets. I don't know. Are you supposed to tip them? Say you're staying in one place for, um, you're staying in a hotel for like a few days, and you are going to get your val- your car valeted every day. Mm-hmm. Do you tip them every time you get your car out? That's what it says according to the American Hotel and Lodging Association okay. recommendations. Okay. Yeah, you're supposed to tip about like one to five dollars every time your car is delivered to you. Okay, that's what I do. That's good. I do. I, I like. I tend to like um, err on the side of like not being a terrible tipper. Well, I think <laughs> if, if you I think can. about it, it's like it's going to be multiple people who are bringing you your car. It's not going to be the right. same person each time. So like, it kind of sucks if. You are checking out, and you only tip whenever you. Right, you don't check. want to give like a twenty to the last guy, and yeah. then like you haven't. Yeah, and then the other guys are like, "Well, what about my tip? What about me?" <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so that makes sense, and it's and one to five. So is uh, is five considered a good tip, or is it just kind of like that's pretty standard? I think that that would be like it's pouring outside, and okay. you know, like I think that. 
I don't know. And also, I'm sure it depends on where you are. Like, yes, you know, in right. cities like New York, it's definitely more expensive versus if you're in a small town and it's just, you know, a couple of steps away. Yeah. A dollar is just a nice thing to do, I guess. Right. That um, makes sense. I think it's the same mentality when it comes to, like, housekeeping. Mm-hmm. Um, very similar. Like, you're going to have multiple people helping you throughout your time that you're staying there. Oh, okay. So you wanna, Oh, so do you tip every day? That's what you're supposed to do. Oh, I only leave things at the end. Yeah. You know, and it's, again, it's... I think a lot of people don't even know that they that they should. Yeah, or no. Or that that's a thing. It's totally true. Like, you're supposed... You should tip every day. And it's $1 to $5 again. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's not something that... Unless you leave the room, I think, like, as an extreme mess, um, right. then I guess more than five. Right. If there's, you know, if there's blood on the carpet. Yeah, and then, like, well, you, you know, probably have other issues. <laughs> you've, like, written your name and feces on the wall, oh, maybe. God. <laughs> Jackie. What? Where have you gone? <laughs> I mean, the most I've like, oh, crap, like, I spilled shampoo everywhere, and, like, I feel bad about that. Right. But, but no, it, it is different people each day, and I... I, whenever I was doing research online, I was finding that, like, people who check out, like, made to work on Sundays usually get all the tips of everyone else. So it's oh. because that's a normal checkout day. Oh, right. I bet those shifts are in demand. Then, yeah. They? So just to be fair, like, I mean, if you were going to spend a certain amount at the end, like, break it up. Break it if, up. You know, if right. you don't feel... Like, if you feel bad about leaving something every right. day. Um, so where are these guidelines from that you're telling us? Uh, they're from the American Hotel and Lodging Association. Okay. So, um, I mean, they have a pretty general idea of, you know, tips across the country because it is going to vary. Right. Um, but it's a pretty good guideline to follow just because they've done research into it. And right. And they, they have people, like, the apart- the association is pretty, like, covers a wide variety of different roles that you'll encounter in different hotels right uh, like oh right because hotels have a lot of cool stuff there's a lot of things yeah like um apparently you should tip your concierge um oh. yeah well yeah if you want if you want anything nice <laughs> well if you like if i they, never use the concierge there are sometimes though like i i've been places in the past where like they're giving you really great information they mm-hmm. know the area like i mean i guess that's something now with you know with smartphones and different apps that you can use re- research beforehand but like they still know the best times to go to a restaurant or mm-hmm. like they could get you tickets to something that you didn't know was even there yeah yep so it's generally recommended that you tip like five to ten dollars depending on the service that they're doing you know something that's harder tip them ten right versus something that's pretty easy just five yeah this is what I, why i'm glad we're doing this segment i think people fear like the awkwardness of tipping oh. like they fear like not knowing what they're supposed to do mm. which is but I think that makes sense. I actually have a thing with valets where I cannot manage to hand them the money in such a way that it goes smoothly when oh they're God. giving me the keys. Oh, it's like ridiculous. It's it's gone on for so long now that I just you just I've, you like brace yourself like, ha, for ha, ha, it. I'm gonna like <laughs> I'm just gonna like I don't even know uh, toss it in the air and run away. I don't yeah, know. You're like but, you shut the door, you throw it out the window. Oh, like, it's Bye. terrible. <laughs> I don't know why. I just can't manage to pull it off. So what else does it say on there? Um, so it talks about um, room service, which is something that. It's kind of frustrating because you feel like you're being upcharged, but you should still tip. Um, they're bringing it to you. And so I don't most of those have a service charge on there. Is the service charge the tip, or do you tip on top of that? If they have a service charge, don't. Tip. You're good to go. But okay. if not, then fifteen to twenty percent, like a normal restaurant, restaurant or right. like delivery. Yeah, because yeah. I mean they need those tips too. Like that's right. what their pay is dependent on. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, sometimes it is included. So like, pay attention to right. it. This one is interesting, I think. Okay. Um, 
because I feel like oftentimes when I am staying in a hotel, it's because I'm flying out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, either it's a really early flight and you're stay like you have an early like shuttle service. Oftentimes these hotel hotels will offer a shuttle service to the airport. Yeah. Like you should tip them, especially if they're helping you with your bags. Oh. Um, yeah. It's about like one to two dollars per person mm-hmm. and four to five dollars if you have a bigger party. Okay. Um, and that's something. Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah. And I know, like, you're in a rush. You're, like, running to the plane. But, right. I mean, they just, they, like, transported you through the headache of airport traffic. Mm-hmm. And they helped you with your bags. Like, yeah, give them a dollar or two. Right. Um, for whenever they're helping you out. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of good advice. So, you know what else I want to know about, though, uh, is, so we're, this is kind of like our Labor Day, like, pre-Labor Day episode, mm-hmm. right? So this is hotels if you're going on vacation but one of another one that i was actually wondering about was uh like movers so if you're like moving your kids into like college this weekend mm-hmm. uh or you've like paid for if you're very fancy and you've paid for movers um i wonder how much you tip a mover okay we spoke to someone at oz moving company nancy zafrani i'm the general manager so she had a lot of really interesting information the tipping really reflects your satisfaction with the service so obviously if the service is uh, above and beyond what's normally expected, customers do tend to tip uh, a bit more for for those sorts of services. Okay. So, what is above and beyond? Like, what what should you expect from a normal service versus what do you think is tip worthy? Generally, the the, the base standard would be fifteen to twenty percent. Okay. So, um, let's say, for example, you have a particularly challenging piece of furniture that needs to be moved, and the movers try different uh, avenues, maybe they try to uh, maneuver it for quite a while, and you can see that it's, it's, it's very difficult. Um, you may want to give them a bit more than you would normally. The same if you're in a restaurant and you, maybe you're with your child and it's been a particularly challenging meal and your server was just super accommodating, you might want to give them a little bit more. You know, is there a time, like say they damage one of your items, that you would not tip someone? If something's damaged and it's entirely, entirely um, accidental, as opposed to you're feeling that it was something that was done in negligence that really, really could have been avoided, um, those, would, those factors would definitely impact how much a client tips. On occasion, we have a client call and they're, they tip them movers, but they didn't want to. They feel obligated, but then afterwards they call and ask for the tip back, and they should just know as an employer, we really can't take back a tip once it's given. Huh. Okay. No, that's so interesting. It's something to take into consideration. When you're tipping, you're tipping because you want to. So uh, Jesse Wright Mendoza, who is our producer, was listening to you the other day, and she was like, I love Roy. Uh, yeah, she said that. And she said uh, she actually had a question for you. Okay. She has been, so she emailed this to me to, to ask you. She says, I am painting the kitchen cabinets in my apartment, and I was hoping to get some expert advice. I have oak veneer cabinets you see in a lot of rentals. She says she's using latex paint and primer. What's the best way to prep this type of surface for painting? Should she sand and then prime, do one or two coats of primer? Uh, she says she knows some of the wood grain will show through the paint, and that's okay. Yeah, that's actually a pretty good question and something a lot of uh, first-time kitchen cabinet painters go through. Yeah. Uh, the most important thing, though, before she paints is to clean. 
And oh, that is yeah. to use a, de- a, a degreaser. Kitchen cabinets, you know, tend to be greasy. So you've got to uh, degrease them. Mm-hmm. The second thing is, ideally, you, you want to take the doors off, lay them down, and then paint them on a horizontal surface. Mm-hmm. You suspend the, the door on some blocks of wood. Okay. Or they actually, they make little tiny pyramids mm-hmm. to support doors for finishing. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, a, it's a painter's tool. Woodworking supply catalogs sell them. So you clean them and then you put them on some sort of a surface. Um, it's not a bad idea uh, to abrade them lightly. Uh-huh. So like what kind of grit? Uh, a, a fine, like a, either a two, 220 at the most or perhaps even a 400 grit. Okay. You carefully remove the dust using a tack cloth, something called a tack That's cloth. Something, my mom always says that to me. She's always like, you make sure you get rid of the dust. I feel like she would be embarrassed if she came to my house and I had painted over dust. Well, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a common mistake that people make. Yeah. Um, there's a number of ways to remove dust, but the easiest thing at, at the paint supply section of a home center or in what's called the sundries, paint sundries. That's mm-hmm. all the stuff that you need with paint. At a paint store, you, you get these sticky cheesecloth cloths. They're, they're called tack cloths. And you just wipe it over the surface, and it takes off the dust. Wipe the surface down, and then uh, brush or... Uh, it, it, it'll depend on what the shape of the cabinet door is, what she does next. Mm-hmm. You know how cabinet doors have, like, this panel, like a center panel yeah. sometimes? Mm-hmm. Well, very often you, you start there and you paint the edges of the panel. Then you take you paint into the panel itself and then you take a roller and you roll the surface of the panel. And then there's like a, uh, a border, for lack of a better word, yeah. ar- around that. Yep. That's called a raised panel door, by the way. Oh, oh so interesting. Yeah. You're talking about like where it's like a, a rectangle on the outside, then like a recessed sort of rectangle, and then a middle rectangle, yeah, so but it's like kind of... Yeah, that's that's called a raised a raised panel. Oh, okay. And, and uh, so you, you do that plateau in, in the, the center. Middle. Yeah, the right? island. And the island, <laughs> island of no return. <laughs> the cupboard island. Yeah, the cupboard island. Uh, and then you do the uh, the rectangle surrounding it. Uh now, some, some people like to do the edge of the door first. Mm-hmm. Um, some people like to do that last. Uh, it depends on the molding or the shape on the edge of the door. Uh, I'm, a, I'm an agnostic. I think you could do it either way. <laughs> um, well, she said, and this is, I don't know if this affects um, her question, but she said uh, she has started painting some of the doors, and she's found that she gets little spots where the, paints, the paint builds up and looks a little patchy. And I wonder if it's like kind of what you were saying um, with the, and, and maybe, maybe she's done multiple coats here because if you, um, if you're doing multiple coats, I painted my cupboard doors and, uh, and you don't sand between coats and you've got something like a, you know, yeah. there's, there's like multiple layers of that sort of raised right. center one. Right. And you've got to, if you aren't careful and you use too much paint on your brush, Absolutely. then you fill in those ones and then it's going to look thicker in the center. And then, yeah, and that's you know, ex- that's exactly right. And there's a lot of things that go wrong, you know, with painting, and it takes some trial and error and a lot of patience yeah. to, to get it to look neat. There's something called a holiday, by the way. Mm-hmm. A holiday is a painter's term where you, where, you, where you miss 
uh, a spot and the uh -huh. paint goes on too thin. And painters call that a holiday because painting foreman, the painting foreman would say, and you could picture some cranky painting foreman with a New England accent uh -huh. saying something like, take a holiday there, did you? you know? <laughs> well, that's where it comes from. That's amazing. Yeah, it's called a holiday. <laughs> and uh, they, they even, on in industrial painting, when you paint like a water tower, yeah. and corrosion is super important, you're painting to forestall corrosion. Oh, yeah. They even have these uh, tools, uh, electronic tools that you pass over the dried paint. To make sure there's no thin spots. To, exactly. Wow. It's called a holiday. They, they call them holiday detectors. That's amazing. I yeah. can't believe you know that. Yeah, no, it's a weird, like, industrial painting I'm thing. so glad I know that. Yeah, and now, we, now, now you know. So <laughs> when you see a painting flaw like that, it just, like, oh, it took a holiday there, huh? Or, That's or so it's a holiday. funny. I'm going to work, our producer, we're going to have to tell her. She's yeah. been taking some holidays. No, no holidays no here. No more holidays, Jesse. Holidays are out. <laughs> For the most useful podcast today, um, Peter Martin has destroyed another computer. And I haven't destroyed it yet. <laughs> but he's I mean, going to. I ruined it. Um, we're actually in the uh, workshop, which is in the back. It's in not the podcast room, but it's a very beautiful. We have a very beautiful workbench. Um, where Alex George, who's our tech editor and has been on the podcast before, is going to um, attempt to make this safe to donate. Yes. Um, and how did this happen? Well, why, why are we doing this? It's my wife's computer. It's got to be eight years old. She won't get rid of it. And um, But the battery, something went wrong where the battery expanded to probably 50% right, size. It, it won't fit, won't in, fit there. in there, it won't stay closed. You have to have the cord in all the time. She finally agreed to let me get rid of it if I wiped all the stuff on it. So I tried to go to the disk utility, tried to erase everything. It wouldn't work. I got angry. I selected everything on the desktop, put it in the trash, and it froze. And so, <laughs> so now when you boot it up, it's is that a bad, uh, Is that a good idea? It's not ideal. <laughs> So um, now what happens when it, when you try to start up, it yeah, flashes the Apple logo mark. and like a circle, <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And so we decided we could either load some sort of software to boot off of, or we could drill through it. So okay. um, since there's no way to get rid of the material that she had on it, we thought we should drill through it so that nobody could get it. And that seemed more fun. Um, so you guys have a lot of like serious equipment here. Yeah. What are you going to, what's the plan? Well, so what we're going to do, we'll take this thing out, get this out of the way, because we don't need this battery anymore. Um, and then Alex was showing us how to pull the, the hard drive out. So you could take this apart if you want to add more memory to it or upgrade it or upgrade the hard drive or something like that. Take out these screws here, take that out. And then the hard drive lives right here. Well, wow. that's what that that's is. That's what a hard drive looks like? Mm -hmm. Do they still look like that? Whoa. <laughs> but so the two things that we want to make sure we get rid of are the hard drive and the RAM. Yeah. Just right. what could be stored on the RAM? That's where. If you're doing something and it needs short-term memory, it, every single thing you do runs through here. So yeah. if it's storing like, I don't know, uh, like you're copy and pasting something, it stays on there. Oh, if yeah. you're doing any kind of short-term thing that isn't being written to the hard drive, it goes on here. Yeah. So potentially there's sensitive stuff on there. Um, you see a lot in movies, like people take this part out and throw it in a microwave or in an yeah. incinerator yeah, or something like that. Yeah, that's why I always thought that's what the hard drive looked like. I mm. didn't realize the hard drive was so big. It's, they're different. I mean, modern computers have this thing called SSD, which is solid state drive, so they don't have like a spinning disk or anything like that. Uh -huh. It's just, it works closer to something like that, like what RAM is, but oh, on a bigger scale. Okay. Um, so this is, you know, these are, I think this is a tw uh, 2006 or 2007 MacBook. That sounds right. Yeah. Take care of the hard drive first. 
And then the RAM that's right, right. here. And so we don't have a microwave, but it's too far away. But we'll, we'll use a reciprocating saw from Roy. Instead. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, this is for, you know, Joseph Gordon Levitt, Snowden types. We want to get rid of all their stuff. So, yeah, we'll. Uh, right. So, here, right? And yeah. I don't want to go through the screen because you actually told us that there are some gases inside the screen that they say are not the best for you. Yeah, it's. Uh, we'll be okay, but. You know, kids at home, maybe don't do that. So, so we got the biggest drill bit we could find. Yeah, we got a half inch drill bit. <laughs> so it's good for good for wood or metal and whatever's inside a computer. We didn't make it through. We'll just push a little harder. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Yeah, let's see how that goes. This is our pilot hole with the enormous. <laughs> Give it a shot in that same hole. Oh. Oh, That's the sound of progress. She reminds me of a dentist. <laughs> I think we broke through something. Yeah, there it is. All right, so now should we pop that out and see what it looks like? You see daylight through there? Mission accomplished. For our testing table this week, we have Peter Martin and Kevin Dupsick and me, and three packets of H-Factor hydrogen-rich water, um, which looks very sleek. It really does just look like a Capri Sun, but designed for like a fitness geek. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like it's like you could see some guy just like ripping off the top of it and like pouring it down his gullet. <laughs> yeah. After like you know setting down his squat weights. I'm, I'm disappointed. So this is the first beverage I've had in a long time with a straw attached to the back. Yeah, that's yeah. gonna be this. But I'm disappointed that there's no. If the bottom isn't like a steak, I always yeah. like that about the like the Capri Suns is that, or the juice box, is right. that it was like a pointy straw because yeah. you had to stab through. Right. On this, you actually tear off the top and then just drop it in. That's I was, disappointing. I was talking the to The flavor's not going to excite you either compared to the way a juice box might I don't yeah. know. I don't know what hydrogen tastes like. Maybe it's delicious. Yeah, also I spilled on myself. It also careful, seems like guys. something that you could easily dump all over yourself. So yeah, we should, like should this really... is why they need the stabbing straw. Ah, see, okay, now I just got it all over myself. So it's like an eight-inch tall pouch yes. that you have to tear the top off of and then put a straw through. Yeah. And the reason it's a pouch is because apparently if it's right in a regular bottle, <laughs> you're, just, you're just making noises over there. I just, that's a great sound. Apparently if it's in a regular that's bottle. That's um, You can't start drinking yet. I did. I just took a sip. It's I took a, a tiny sip. It's a competition. Yeah. We're going to see who can drink it the fastest. Oh my God. You guys are ridiculous. Um, we got to make this fun. Otherwise we're just drinking water. <laughs> okay. So the water, the point of the water, it's in this thing and not in a plastic bottle because it's got dissolved hydrogen oh, in it. On. And hydrogen is an antioxidant that is supposed to uh, reduce fatigue and inflammation and improve your energy and athletic performance. And there's actually, like, there is actually some fairly serious research from places that I would consider respectable, like from the National Institute of Health and from mm. the International Journal of Sports Medicine <laughs> and from the American Psychological Society and what stuff like that. <laughs> Stop. It's good enough. <laughs> Stop disparaging science. Stop it. Um, those places, I you know, normally it's like, 
Yeah, you want to have an alkalizing diet because then it's macrobiotic and then also you'll get skinnier. Like, it's not like that. You know what I mean? This is actually, I think, fairly backed by science from what I can tell. So but the consumption of hydrogen is backed by science, not, co- right. not this product, not, not this product. H-factor not hydrogen H-factor. rich right. water. There are other ways to get extra hydrogen into your body. You can bathe in hydrogen, a hydrogen bath. You can breathe hydrogen. Uh, yeah, and this is not, I mean, like any supplement or supplementary water thing like that, this has not been evaluated by the FDA. None of them are. So that's why there's so much quacky stuff out there. But, but drinking regular water, there's some hydrogen. How much more is in this? Well, so we here's know? the difference. So this, hi- is, this is like H2, not right. H2O. It's just, right. right. So, so what? basically the, the gas is dissolved in the water. So you actually have to drink this within 30 minutes of opening it. Oh, we better get going. Yeah, I know. Or it'll... Do you, you know. think this is lower or higher in density than normal water? I don't want to. I don't want to talk about to change that. the water level. That's. <laughs> I don't think we could, I don't think it's a good idea right. to talk about that. Should we here. do a little taste test? Okay. Uh, yeah, let's do a taste. See test. how it tastes. I feel like I taste the bag a little bit. No. Maybe a little bag. Not, like not terrible. Like water. Otherwise, yeah. Yeah, it tastes like water. Do I look younger? <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. Not yet. Keep drinking. Mm. Also, the ingredients say molecular hydrogen gas. Is that yes? Is there are there other kinds? Is there a um, distinction being made well, there? Well, yes. Uh, molecular means that it's, it's not H2. just it's an not H- just an H. Yeah. 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 So since this is the testing table, we're offering review tips. Mm-hmm. Make the straw long enough that I can get to the bottom of this. Yeah, this is ridiculous. So I've already lost my straw in here. That's why I made that bendy sound when I extended mine. Oh, you extended yours. Yeah. That's wise. Were we competing to see who finished first? Because success. No, but I think we are going to have a push-up contest. Just to see if it really makes somebody stronger? Yeah, that we're all bloated. Yeah. Well, because, okay, so athletic, athletic performance is, that is a potential benefit. Um, energy, also a potential benefit. And reduced fatigue. So we should be able to do more faster. So should we, like, wait five minutes to have it take effect and then... I think... What based on what I know about hydrogen, it needs five minutes <laughs> to fully get through your body. Uh, it's on the periodic table. Wait five minutes. Okay. Um, so now that we've had all this hydrogen-rich water, which there is some scientific backing for, but we don't feel any different. I don't feel any different. Do you? No, I mm. feel the same. Okay. Um, we're going to have a push-up contest. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. do, oh, should I take out my earrings? This is going to be serious. Uh, to, to get rid of the weight? extra weight? Yeah. Oh, I was thinking... We now all have 11 thinking, ounces of water added to us, too. I was thinking because it was going to be serious. Oh, is there 11 ounces in one of those? Yeah. yeah. Oh. Wait, what do your earrings have to do with the intensity of this competition? This is a standard. If you're going to get in a fight, you take your earrings off. Yeah, I mean, this is not a fight. It's a competition. <laughs> okay. Similar. Um, do you have heels on? No. Okay. All right. I'll uh, go first. Okay. Can I say here that Peter Martin, Peter Martin does uh, CrossFit every day? I call it going to the gym. Okay. Just so well. people don't judge me as much. <laughs> Is he counting? Or are you counting? I'm counting. Okay. I assume he's counting too. Yeah. You know, when I started working here, I never thought <laughs> I would watch our executive editor doing push-ups <laughs> on the floor. I hope Ryan doesn't listen to this. <laughs> Man, that 33 was a lot. This is hard. Is that 24? I lost count, so. Okay. How did I get to 33? That was 27. 28. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Peter. 30. Struggling. It's slowing down. 33. That's good enough. Okay. Ooh. I'll go now. Wow. I don't think I can do 33. That looked hard. Okay, here we go. I don't like the shirt that 
Well, Kevin's got to unbutton his sleeves because he's so swollen. Right. Well, his, his yeah, his biceps are too big with the, I've rolled the, with the buttons on his arm. So did you? So it's thirty-three. Did you feel like it helped you? Well, you know what? You know what? Let's see how you feel later right. today if you're sore. I'm ready. It's Six. funny how you can hear it. I know. It. <laughs> he's like, am I allowed to fire Kevin if he beats me? <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, you, you you could, but I mean... I don't think... HR might not agree with that. Are you counting, Jackie? I think we're 23, is that right? No, 24. Okay. <laughs> He's like, oh, I know. 34, 34. 36. <laughs> 27. Oh. <laughs> That's 29, right? That's 28, 28. I thought. Oh. Yeah. Oh my god, now I'm scared. This is gonna be intense. <laughs> I'm in the skirt. 30. I didn't think I was that gonna was get to 30. That was great. I was impressed. You had a really serious rhythm going at the beginning. I'm gonna also, try not to flash anyone. So I'm well, gonna that way, if you just aim the correct way, yeah. Jackie wore a dress as if she didn't know she was gonna have a push up contest today. <laughs> as one does. Okay. Help me count because I keep forgetting to count. Should we be entertaining? Should something be <laughs> Sorry, sorry. Does this count as dead air? <laughs> <laughs> this is harder than I thought it was gonna be. Twenty. What am I at? Twenty-eight? Twenty-eight. Okay. <laughs> Thirty. Four more. One. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Three. Thirty-four. Oh, fuck, that hurt. Jackie, champion Ooh, of, of the podcast room. <laughs> <laughs> it's when it, it was the H factor water too, right? That was it. It was totally the H factor can all water. Never expected. It. <laughs> oh my god, my arms feel like Jello though. <laughs> I've got to stop podcasting. I've now lost a hot dog eating contest <laughs> and a push-up contest <laughs> to a girl. It just shows that the women in our office are the strongest eaters and push-uppers. Um. So, what's your opinion of H factor water so far? Uh. Would you buy it? I actually think I would buy it. Really? I would need to see. I need to see some proof that this stuff. I need to know what it would do for me. Yeah. If it were a pre-gym drink that had some actual promise, I would drink that. Yeah. I, I also like think that it doesn't I have a ton of calories in it. Well, it's water. Yeah. No, that's what I mean. Well, but I mean, like, think about Gatorade. Is like, oh, it's going to improve yeah. your athletic performance, right, but it's like forty-eight has... grams of sugar. Yeah. Yeah. I was surprised that it was it was eighteen dollars for a six-pack, right? I thought it would be more than $3 a bottle because I feel like there's already non-hydrogen water <laughs> right. that you can buy for more than that. Totally. Yeah, right. So, so if you're going to already spend like $3 of... If it were available everywhere, which it probably will be. I spent... You know what? I spent like $5 on maple water one time because I wanted to try it. It's pretty good, those. <laughs> what does is, what is maple water promise? It's How many push-ups could you do after <laughs> maple water? I don't know. You know, we should like just drink different waters. <laughs> like an ongoing like push-up water thing. I can't wait till we get to the cocaine water. So that's our show. The Most Useful Podcast Ever is produced by the staff of Popular Mechanics and edited by Jesse Wright Mendoza. We'd like to thank Sarah Bentley and Andy Bowers from Panoply and Popular Mechanics Editor-in-Chief Ryan D'Agostino. Please subscribe to our show on iTunes, and while you're there, leave us a message. We'd love to know what you think. And if you want to read more about tipping, check out our website, popularmechanics.com. While you're there, you can subscribe to the print and digital edition of Popular Mechanics magazine for just $13.99 a year. I'm Jacqueline Detweiler. Happy Labor Day, and thanks for listening.